welcome to Packaging Talks. We hope you enjoyed the first part of this special two-part episode with Ashwini Deshpande, co-founder of Elephant Design, sharing insights on packaging from a designer's lens with Dr. Ranga Prasad. In this second part, Ashwini recreates the emotion and joy associated of working with some of the successful brands in the FMCG and food and beverage industry. She also shares some detailed insight of working with successful brands like Paperboat and Organic India. Ashwini also makes critical observations regarding sustainability of packaging materials and how this issue can be addressed from a designer's point of view. Let's tune in to listen to this interesting conversation. Welcome Ashwini to the second part of uh, the podcast and uh, it was a pleasure listening to you about uh, the genesis of Elephant Design and also uh, we enjoyed uh, listening to the uh, intricacies involved in creating a brand design and the detailed methodology that you uh, shared with us. I'm sure you've done uh, numerous assignments with brand, but uh, if you can just share maybe one or two, which is uh, which has been uh, striking or made an impact or that one that has given you tremendous satisfaction in your career, that'd be great. You know, this is a very tough question because it's almost like asking a mother who's your favorite child. And I have been in this field for nearly 32 years now. So you can imagine how many brands uh, we've had the opportunity to touch and make a difference. Uh, but I'm still going to try and attempt and I will uh, strictly uh, stick to the FMCG space because of course we worked in many other sectors right from you know, banking to engineering to technology to uh, you know IoT now and uh, UX and so on. And of course automobiles. But I will currently for this conversation just focus back on FMCG and I'll try and recall a couple of uh, examples. Uh, the first one is uh, a, a kind of widely known at the moment and is, is an emerging brand. It's one of the uh, you know, fastest growing, better established beverage brands from the recent past. And there haven't been many beverage brands that have really emerged out of India uh, in the last 20-30 years and this is one of them which is just 7 or 8 years now and you probably have guessed I am talking about Paperboat. It has been an immensely uh, distinct and satisfying uh, journey so far and I am hoping that it's going to go a really long way. Uh, but the reason for uh, this being very distinct or differentiated is something that uh, that's very very intriguing and interesting. Uh, so like I, uh, I explained in, in your earlier question about the process of design, usually the process always involves uh, looking at the competition, looking sideways, looking you know up and down on what the category is and who's the leader and what are they doing and so on. Especially when a new brand is coming in a category that is already established. Uh, and you would know that in FMCG, it's almost like a red ocean everywhere. And it's very, very tough to get into a blue ocean, create a blue ocean scenario where things are so different that there is no competition. So when this client actually approached us, uh, I think in 2012 or 13, uh, their brief was so different. First of all, they had identified their target audience very, very well, very sharply. Uh, secondly, they had said that what they wanted to make was uh, ethnic drinks. You know, the drinks that Many of us grew up drinking when our mothers, aunts, grandmothers made it back then when, you know, there were summer holidays and everybody would gather together and so on. And these drinks were, uh, well, there were many interesting things about these drinks. And I'm sure all of us have had some of those favorite memories from the drinks that we had. Like I remember uh, my grandmother would make uh, the kokum sharbat in summers, uh, you know, which is a favorite in the Konkan region. Uh, or there would be Ampana, which my mother still made uh, till recent years. 
and uh, then in every region in our country there are dozens of such recipes now what happens to these recipes we love them but uh, first of all not all of us know the recipes well secondly not all of us have the time and thirdly not all of us know where to get those ingredients now because you know they are getting rare and we don't know how to get hold of them you can't make them in small batches for a person or two or a tiny nuclear family and it's just kind of getting lost somewhere and this client came and told us that you know he he had this uh, purple carrot kanji when he was a child and in his uh, grandmother's house she used to make this for all the children and he wants to bring it back along with all the other favorite drinks that each of us may have so this was a very different brief and not just that going forward he said that all of us are actually born with a limbic imprint you know an imprint of uh, tastes flavors aromas visuals uh, that have been coded we we born with it so not necessary that we would have experienced all of those but they have been a part of our gene pool and if any of us undergo a similar experience in our life for the first time even then it kind of makes or creates a happy memory because we have some something coded as a limbic imprint so if i have not had aam panna ever but i'm coded with it and this sounds very surreal but it's it's true it's scientific that kind of a taste is familiar and has come through a familiarity on my genes uh, and if i consume it now for the first time i will have a sense of happiness or familiarity or comfort and uh, our client said that this is exactly what i want to bring about i want to bring that joy to people and such a different brief and we said what about uh, you know category or what about benchmarks so he said what category there is no category we are creating the category of ethnic drinks or ethnic beverages in india and we are going to preserve all those lost uh, recipes or lost memories and bring them back we are also going to uh, build a brand that will be about uh, simplicity goodness joy uh, being alive at heart being authentic at heart and you know it's when when you get a brief like this which is not about so many percentage of fruit juice or so much protein or so much calories or so many whatever calcium or vitamin which are very functional things but you get a brief about creating a brand that is all heart then it can't be copied right if a brand is built on an emotion it cannot be copied but if a brand is built on 20% more fruit juice tomorrow anybody can come and do a 22% more fruit in in the juice and that's that right so this was a beautiful brief and we set out to build this uh, brand for drinks and memories and therefore nostalgia so nostalgia became the hook without letting it look jaded or look historic or look like it's from the past so we said we have to bring the past but we have to bring it into our today's world we have to make it contemporary for today's people to experience the joy from the past it doesn't have to look like it's a relic it doesn't have to look like it's an indian quiche it 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 can look perfectly comfortable joyous uh, contemporary and yet evoke certain degree of happiness and nostalgia and that's really how we started building that brand and everything about that brand is different if you see right from the name so the name is is about happy memories from childhood you know i i listen to ghazals and this actually this uh, name is inspired by a ghazal uh, called wo kagaz ki kashti wo barish ka pani now when something so beautiful and from the heart becomes an inspiration 
you know no wonder the brand and the brand team of course at the hector beverages also completely aligned with that emotion and thought until date uh, we continue to work with that brand with all heart and all emotion and everything we do about the brand right from the structure that is designed to feel like you are uh, get, you know you're sucking fruit juice from a fruit when you hold it uh, to its communication to the delivery van that uh, literally would evoke the memory of a baraf ka gola cart to its posm in general trade which looks like which feels like you're plucking a fruit from a tree you know everything is inspired from that world of you know authentic alive emotion and that's that's one of the uh, you know amazing opportunities we've got Uh, in in a lifetime not many designers get such opportunities and i'm i'm really happy and grateful that we made it happen so that's uh, that's one of the brands and of course uh, it continues to grow and i i of course hope that it sees uh, uh, you know even more geographies because nostalgia is something that can go into any geography and and be evoked and you know people can get joy from it uh, the other one and again here i would say the brief was very different and interesting is for a brand called organic india and this brand not only uh, you know brought a lot of uh, intellectual stimulus for us for our team it brought in a whole lot of discussions around health and what we consume and it it literally changed the way we consume food for most of us who were working on that brand at that time from the team and uh, that's i think a very large shift because in my 32 years i've worked on many many brands and in many cases i've heard in these uh, uh, briefing discussions that oh but you know we want even people like you to use our brand and that would be the success of the brand and i smile and i i understand what they're trying to say and we try and do that but that doesn't mean that i actually use all the brands that we create or that doesn't mean that i change the way i do something you know because it's it's uh, it's impossible if a doctor starts to get involved in uh, everything that a patient brings to him or her right but uh, this is one brand where we were briefed uh, not for increasing sales of their products and so their bigger vision is not to sell more organic india products that's just one of the things but their bigger vision is that they want to convert all all of india's farmland back to being organic back to being healthy and natural and for that they see three pivots one pivot is that the farmer has to understand and support and for the farmer to convert his or her land into organic back going into back going back into organic uh, they need a long commitment uh, and uh, organic india would give that commitment to the farmer so that is one part of the pivot the second part of the pivot is uh, you know what they make which is uh, they will bring out variety of uh, goodness from ancient wisdom of india and you know provide it in a contemporary consumable format to users consumers and the third part is the consumer himself or herself who would give some commitment to bringing back what was good from ancient indian wisdom and ancient uh, indian way of farming so if these three pivots are fulfilled uh you know organic india just happens to be a conduit of delivering these three pivots and that really was a brief and they told us that you know don't focus on how you will increase our sales but focus on how this entire ecosystem will flourish you me us the farmer the retailer everybody in a good way in a healthy way in a natural way using the ancient indian wisdom and if you focus on that everything will fall in place and again this was a very very different brief 
you know which uh, which brand would come and tell us that you know don't worry about increasing sales but do something for the goodness of the world and that's again i think we are extremely fortunate to have received a brief like this and uh, what came out of that brief is also again very very beautiful and we are very proud of the work we've done for organic india and then uh, going ahead on their personal care range which is called uh, organic india cure and again we continue to work with this company and continue to learn and you know all of us who worked on that uh, project all of us from the team i think we definitely look back at how we eat what we eat and change the ways to healthier habits for sure so that's a couple of examples from uh, you know what i wanted to share these are very different and very close to my heart sashwini for taking us through so many different facets uh, which we as a as maybe as engineers or technologists are not aware of these things uh, ashwini you may appreciate that we are a packaging forum uh, we call ourselves packaging 360 and the 360 actually turns into that into the into a form when the uh, uh, packaging material is discarded by the consumer and ends up in the environment and so today people are more concerned about uh, sustainability even the manufacturers brand owners as well as consumers and also the regulators but uh, we would like to understand as a creative designer or a packaging designer how do you look at these uh, at the issue of sustainability uh, would it make any difference to your approach when you create a brand maybe a glass bottle or a pet bottle would that make any impact in your uh, design thinking process when it comes to designing a particular uh, format for a brand owner you know absolutely i mean sustainability has been a conversation uh, uh, for a very long time it's just that uh, you know there wasn't much action done on it uh, it's not that people were not concerned earlier but it's just that it hadn't come to a point where all of us realized that we needed to do something about it so i want to say a couple of uh, important things and i i know that this is uh, a topic that we must discuss much more than we are doing right now and we must have more action than there is right now but the first thing i want to say is that uh, you know there is a whole ecosystem that can bring about a change and it most of the times doesn't start at design it most of the time starts at the brand owners so if the brand owners commitment to the environment is is genuine is authentic and the brand owner is willing to go the distance uh for that commitment and not just for the sake of uh, you know annual reports or uh, whatever sustainability reports but genuinely for the earth and for all of us uh so it's it's the most important component i would say in the ecosystem if the brand owners are committed to doing something which is not being done before and is better for the world better for the earth that's the first component the second component of course is uh, the the materials and substrates and uh, uh, technologies that are being used or being developed as we speak uh, so that the world has more sustainable solutions now that part itself is also a very long cycle because if you are researching for a substitute material which is going to give you equal barrier properties and you know equal uh, strength and equal pressure st- stress whatever else that you are seeking uh, and is sustainable uh, it takes years to create that kind of a material and not just after creating it takes probably some more years to even make it commercially available so the commitment from research and development of all the companies that develop substrates at the moment maybe not sustainable but eventually will move to sustainable ones that is the second strongest 
the pole i would say and that also needs to be very very genuine and authentic and not just for the sake of selling tons of material but also for the sake of uh, the bleeding heart or the bleeding earth uh and the third one is uh, so it's not just the substrates and materials by the way it's also the inks and that is another very important component that is usually missed because you know most of us at the end of the month if we are buying newspapers uh we we sell them to a recycler and we say ha hamare to paap dhul gaye humne to paper recycle kar diya but do we know what happens to that paper afterwards that paper eventually goes to a recycling place and probably you know because you are from the field uh where the ink has to be separated from paper pulp if anything has to be made of that paper pulp and uh, i know of uh, i've heard of a facility i have not had the uh, opportunity to visit it but i know of a facility near gujarat in gujarat where there are mounds and mounds of ink that has been just discarded from recycling paper or other substrates what happens to that ink that doesn't get recycled paper may be getting recycled so we have very false notions of what is recycling you know everything is not getting recycled even if we believe it is so even if somebody is making paper packaging or carton packaging or you know producing things which are on more sustainable materials they are i'm not sure if they are ensuring that even the ink is recyclable or even the gum is not plastic based so there are many components right and of course the the fourth component which is uh, the converter or the printer or uh, packager and then comes the designer whose opinion is actually on the lowest priority to be honest and i wish it wasn't that way but that is how it is because designers are not the ones who decide speed budget distribution uh, shelf life all these things are not what designers decide but designers seem to be the 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 most accessible point for anybody to point fingers at and say hey do you think about sustainability and designers say you know what we wake up and sleep thinking about sustainability but what how much can we actually do but anyway that is about the ecosystem but let me tell you another point which i always uh, want everyone to consider that there is not only one way to do sustainability it is not only one thing that you do and things will become sustainable and since sustainability is such a large uh, task to actually achieve you can do it in many many ways and i'm going to give you some examples so the first example is again i'm going back to paper boat because paper boat was a very unique decision taken of using doy packs now everybody says oh but they are aren't they met pet so how are they uh, sustainable how are they eco friendly so let me answer this Uh, so the choices when you're making a beverage, and if you're going to distribute it nationally, and it needs to have a certain shelf life because you're not going to use any artificial colors or preservatives, uh, the choices are limited, right? There is tetra pack uh, or aseptic uh, cartons, uh, there is a pet bottle, or there is a glass bottle, or there is pouch. Pouch was not being used in India, but it was it, it was available as one of the possibilities. So now, if conventionally you were to think about sustainability, you would automatically reach out to a glass bottle. But glass handling is an extremely difficult task. First of all, there is a huge amount of breakage, and for a startup which is just beginning to do something, it is not an easy task to do. To have first of all handling, bottling, shipping, taking the breakage, and of course they were not going to be able to collect them back. because that's another altogether new ecosystem to be established 
so glass and and glass of course is expensive as well uh so glass was not an option the other option of course there were three options then the aseptic cartons uh, the pet bottles and the pouch and what we realized interestingly is that if we selected the pouch which was uh, probably more or less comparable in price maybe a little cheaper uh when you pack a 200 ml of pouch a dozen of them or you pack a dozen of tetra packs or you pack a dozen of bottles it might be the same weight but the volume is not the same in case of pouch the volume was nearly 1/6 because the pouches could be placed upside down on on top of each other in a tessellation and when the pouches get used consumed they they can be flat which means they have no volume which means empty pouches have no volume in the garbage but empty tetra packs or empty pet bottles are exactly the same volume in garbage so if you are saving six times in transport of filled pouches you are saving six times the fuel isn't that a sustainable way and if your if your garbage is is flat packed which means it's not even one tenth of the original volume of the pack and therefore the garbage when it gets transported even there you are saving one tenth of you are using just one tenth of the fuel for garbage uh, transport so in case of let's say indigo airlines which adopted paper boats first this was one of the biggest advantages they realized because they needed to have less volume and less weight what do airlines require they want less volume because they don't have space so if you stare back and see how much fuel has been saved because we we managed to achieve something which had no volume as garbage transport that is not looked at as sustainability today but it is in reality a very very sustainable decision to save on fuel in that many folds right that's one way second way when you are doing labels let's say for example you are doing a label for uh, a bottle pet bottle or a glass bottle but the label is let's say a shrink wrap or the label is let's say a plastic label now if you are able to achieve what you are doing in just maybe even a 5% less uh, surface area so if my label if it was to be 5 inches by 5 inches if i can manage that in 5 inches by 4 and 1/2 inches and i just save that half an inch of the plastic material and suppose this product sells in millions that too is a sustainable decision so if i create my branding in certain way that i need less material to convey the exact same message on the shelf that's a clever decision and it's a sustainable decision so you don't necessarily you know i mean what i want to say is that just the blanket talk about sustainable materials is not the only way to go sustainable there are so many other ways and each of those ways needs to be used so this is one other way the third way and which i will go back to organic india so organic india because it exports a lot it had long uh, discarded the staples because uh, staple pins cannot be recycled the same way as tea bags can be i'm talking about tea bags so they were pretty uh, you know aligned to how the world looks at uh, garbage disposal and uh, metallic pins had been removed quite some time back but when we actually looked at all their packaging and figured what was going on we realized it, that in those tea bags the the gum that was used uh, that was that was plastic based and therefore it was going into a very different category of recycling which was not too good now just by replacing that gum into a, a more sustainable gum which was natural and organic they immediately managed to go into a very different higher grade of 
recycling that too is a sustainable decision so what i would urge anybody who is listening to this uh, podcast is to not just think of a blanket way of changing everything into a sustainable material there are many other ways and you can start small and small also makes a huge difference i'll give you another example we work with tata salt tata salt sells millions of 1 kg bags of salt across india it's the number one salt brand and i guess you put all other salts together even then uh, i don't think it can reach anywhere close to even half of what tata salt sells so there are plastic bags of 1 kg right i think most of us would be using it or have used it at some point now this brand has a genuine intention of being sustainable but a there aren't enough substrate makers who would be able to give the same barrier and and strength and b there aren't enough packaging converters who would be able to produce millions of bag a minute uh, that tata salt requires but what does that mean does that mean they just give up no what they did is very interesting they said if we cannot do it through the year for every bag that we produce let's at least do maybe a month's quantity on a sustainable material let's try and manage that now imagine out of the 12 months of millions of bags if you manage to do some millions which are a month's quota in a sustainable material that too is a great sustainability decision maybe you can't convert all 12 months uh, supply but you can maybe you can convert even a weeks do it so i would tell this to all the brand owners again that if you have an intention you don't have to change everything in one go because that's not possible but you can start somewhere if the intention is there there are so many ways so i would say first audit the entire ecosystem of packaging and see where can you make a difference and begin there and you know everywhere there are possibilities so just find them so that's my two bits on uh, sustainability okay great ashwini this has been quite a revelation on all aspects of packaging from a designer's point of view some of the things were known but most of the things were unknown till this point of time and, and i'm sure uh, whoever listens to this podcast will get a uh much deeper insight into the way uh sustainability or brand creation creative design all these aspects which you have articulated so well during this conversation so uh, i take this opportunity to thank you very much for your time and sharing deep insights into the subject and uh of course looking at your profile the accolades and recognition that you have received is so long that uh, i would request all the listeners to go to your profile of your website and see the work that you have done and uh, let me also take this opportunity to wish you all the very best for the, for all your future assignments thank you for being part of uh, packaging talks thank you so much it's been a pleasure it's, it's been a wonderful chat thank you thank you for tuning in to this two part special episode of packaging talks with ashwini deshpande we hope you enjoyed the episode If you missed the first part you can listen to it by visiting www.packaging360.in or on Spotify Packaging Talks was created on Hubhopper Studio which is India's leading podcast creation platform and allows us to be heard across platforms like Spotify, Gaana, Google Podcasts, Wink Music and more Click on the link in the episode description or visit www.hubhopperstudio.com for more info